0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura
1: Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. It's a new series, a new month. We are in the hot summer month of July. This is Debbie Kiever. I'm here with Laura Pereno, and we have a special guest. I'll introduce you to her in just a second, but I'm not sure how you spent your July 4th I will tell you that our family was up in Maine watching fireworks over the Portland Maine harbor Uh, that's always a fun vacation for our family Um, so I'm not sure how you celebrated our country's freedom the birthday um, but I'm sure you had some great food and some great friends and hopefully some fireworks and hopefully you were in a crowd of more than six people and able to stand a little bit closer to people this year than last year. It was like surreal. It was a whole different experience last year. But I don't know about you, Laura, I am giving thanks extra for this country that we live in. It's all I've ever known. Actually, I grew up in Philadelphia and I live in Delaware at this point. So I have visited other countries. I've always been glad to come home. Um, especially to Wawa coffee, I will shout that out. I've been in Europe and (laughs) I don't like their coffee as much as what we have around here, but from a place of living in a country that's known for its freedom, I'm very grateful for the United States. We have a special guest joining us today. Carolina Hatton is a personal friend for both Laura and myself, but she has a really, really awesome story of her experience coming to the United States, the land of opportunity, from another country and we'll let her share um, a little bit of her experience just recently uh, becoming a U.S. citizen. So, Carolina, welcome to Beyond the Building and I know that you are excited to be here um, because you love Laura. You guys have known each other forever and I feel like the newbie, but Carolina, you and I have Uh, known each other maybe over the last eight to ten years and we spend a lot of time together because you are amazing at decorating and Mm -hmm. I am not. And so you have been such a blessing to our Kiefer household telling us um, how to decorate our our house because that's not my gift. You also have a business with uh, wedding planning and decor and in home decor you're also fabulous in creating uh set designs for churches i mean you just have i think all the creativity juice from the heavenly father went into you and i had just a little bit (laughs) so i just want to welcome you and i know laura you guys go back even further
2: we do i was just talking to carolina and we met when my daughter was two and she is now 23. so uh, we have been friends, Carolina, for 21 years, which is crazy. We met in a mops group when our kids were little. We attended the same church, Calvary Assembly of God in Wilmington, and we just formed a, a friendship that honestly still is rolling today uh, where that mops group continues to get together on a regular basis, and we just laugh. That's just what we do, right, Carolina? We just, we just laugh, and so I'm grateful for uh, a friend to laugh with. Also, you know, taking it up to today, if you have been a part of any of the Beyond Women's Conference uh, conferences, or you have watched any of the videos on our YouTube channel, you will see amazing backdrops on each of our uh, stages on the platforms. And Carolina has really gifted those stages her time to us, and we could not be more grateful. So, uh, Carolina, we're glad you're here today. Thanks for being with us.
0: Thank you. Uh, this is such a pleasure. I, I- I was very worried, very nervous when I was asked. I'm like, oh no. I mean, <laughs> talk about stage fright. I I know I'm going to say all the wrong things and then it's going to be recorded and I will have remorse forever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. All right, that is not what's going to happen. First of all, that's not going to happen. And I'm just going to... Um, Maybe put your, uh, your emotions at ease here as I share a very quick, funny story about Carolina Hatton. And for those of you who know her, and if you don't, um, she is someone who's consistent, right? She is always who she is. And one of the things that Carolina always is, is classy, well-dressed, Yes, has the jewelry on and her hair always looks amazing so a few years back um our mops group was getting together again at my house for a pool party and carolina decided to come to the pool party dressed in a beautiful dress heels jewelry hair done
1: for a pool party
2: for a pool party and did not bring (laughs) her bathing suit and so she just said no 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 i'm just gonna sit on the side i'm good i just don't want to be with everybody well it was hot, hot hot And so I was floating in the pool with my noodle, and so many other people were in the pool, and, uh, and Carolina was just like, yeah, had enough. And we turned around, Deb, and there's Carolina, right? <laughs> Fully in this gorgeous dress, hair, jewels, pearls, I see her jumping into the pool and she is just floating around in the pool now in her, with a noodle, you know, with the hair, the dress, the heels, the whole the whole thing. So that that's Carolina to me in a nutshell. Just somebody who just wants to be part of the party, right? Just a, a great spirit, um, entertaining, joyful. Uh, just really makes me laugh. And so, Carolina, uh, that will always be my uh, picture of you.
1: I hope you took a picture of her.
2: (laughs) We took pictures afterwards of all of us in the pool um, because she was not the only one. Another friend of ours also uh, did not bring their bathing suit and jumped in in the same way. Oh, my goodness. We're so grateful that you're here. (laughs) So, Carolina, I know that I met you. Um, right after you came here from the United States, like you came to Calvary pretty soon after you moved and um, you weren't born in the United States. You, know, you came here around that time and we want to hear a little bit about your story or a lot of your story. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about uh, the country of or- your country of origin and what it looked like for you to grow up outside of the United States?
0: So yes, my, my parents met and fell in love in Colombia. And uh, my dad's family was from Spain, my mom was from Colombia, and uh, my dad got a job representing American companies in Venezuela, and that's how they moved there, and we end up all seven children being born in Venezuela. His job would take him, when I was three years old, to live in the States for three years to Pompano Beach. That was my first visit and attempt to living in the States. and. Uh, we, we live next door to this very nice Christian lady um, that she always had cookies and milk for all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom, you know, we grew up Catholics and this lady was a Christian. And uh, my mom would call her the religious lady. She would always talk to her about Jesus and she would always pray and say, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. And I'm mentioning her because I want to come back to her a little bit later in the story. Uh, because I think it's a wonderful godsend. Mm. But we went back to Venezuela after the, after the three years. And after a bit of a time, my older siblings, I have four siblings, eight years gap, uh, two three siblings, eight year gap. And then my mom, my parents had four children in four years. Wow. And wow. Uh, um, so the first three were already abroad and it was the thing to do in Venezuela. You, you went to college to the States or at least in our family. And uh, so I decided to go So with some friends from high school. And we went uh, the last year of high school to a boarding school in, in Co- Columbia, Pennsylvania, which is very close to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, St. Joseph Academy. And that was my first encounter with Pennsylvania. And, and I just fell in love with Amish country. I just mm-hmm. I, I was a 16-year-old that was Absolutely in love with what I still love, which is the fields and, and the style and the decor. Everything about Amish wow. country I loved, and uh, who would know that I would later, years later, come back to it. Wow. But I went back to um, uh, to Venezuela. I, I, I mean, I came to Colombia and graduated, and then we went to Austin, Texas, for college all the five same friends, we all went there. Well, through it, during that year, it was a very difficult year of, uh, of in, in the Sanchez family. My oldest sister died and uh, my parents' marriage didn't survive and divorced. So I ended up going to Austin, Texas with my two siblings. The, the, I was 17 and they were 16 and 15, but I had a good, a good community of friends but a couple of years later, my, pa- my father just missed us too much and he decided to move his business to Jacksonville, Florida and we moved there with him. And he met the neighbor, next door neighbor, they fell in love, they got married and at that point, I decided it's time to go back to Venezuela. So 81, I was back in Venezuela. And so that's, that's kind of like my beginnings.
2: Carolina, can I say, uh, I've known you, I just said for 21 years I didn't know most of this story. Oh. So I am so glad that you're sharing this. It's it's amazing, you know, to hear to hear what has shaped you and formed you into the woman you are today and your journey that you have been on. That that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing.
1: I think it's interesting that you spent all these years together and probably most of your conversation started with I came into the States. Yes. And right. not as much the you know, so much of who we have become as influenced by who we were as kids and, mm-hmm. and what our family structure was like and experiences that we had. And I, I'm just curious. Um, I, I'm, I am can not picture you as, you know, the teenager, right? I'm sure you were stylish then too, but what kind of activities did you gravitate towards when you were young, when you were a teenager, you had all these siblings and you did a lot of moving. What, what, Kind of pushed your buttons what was um what gravitated your interest in your time
0: so i it, i was very predictable even from the beginning because everything had to do with the core if we if we were playing legos i was creating a little house and 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 the, and the beds had to be perfectly aligned <laughs> with the night and and the chair in the corner <laughs> and if we found I, you know we i, I was if we we found a, a concrete pipe because they were building a neighborhood right next to ours, and we you know we all chose it as we all chose one as our clubhouse. It was our you know a pipe. <laughs> mine was a home because we brought, <laughs> brought pillows. I I painted the inside, and they would make fun of me because there I was decorating this pipe. Oh wow! So I think that it was always it always had something to do with the core. I was fascinated by creating.
2: Wow, I think that's really interesting. And I think you've actually, I was gonna ask you, you know, when you began to discover uh, the gifts and the strengths that you had, but I think you've already answered that question for us. But I find it interesting that it all goes back to decor. And yet um, God has used that passion for decor in so many different venues. Mm -hmm. Like I think of, you say decor, I think automatically of house. Well, I mean, you decorate the stage at churches, that's the house of the Lord, you know, you decorate the stage at beyond again, it's, it's doing something for the Lord. So I think that your, your passion for decor that God gave you at such an early age, God has taken these amazing talents and, and really you have got a lot of talent. Um, and you have just stretched it over, uh, in so many different venues. And I think that's really exciting how God has just expanded your territory with the very thing that, um, he's given you.
0: And yes, I and mean, it's interesting that you say that. I, I always felt that, you know, uh, what is it? Need, um, this necessity is, is the mother of invention. And for sure that that was the case with me because at the very beginning, there were things that I wanted to do when I married young, the things that I wanted to do with my children that I probably couldn't afford it. And I would go to the stores and look at it and then Come up with a way to make it happen mm. it was venezuela you didn't get the things imported that they would buy and buying them in the stores were incredibly uh, expensive like paper mache and things like that mm. and mm. Uh, there was this bazaar at the church and that was the very beginning of me being officially in in the business mm. I, I had created it, it, there was a bazaar at the church for mother's day and i had created this whole line of things that i had antique Somehow, because I had looked at antiquing techniques and, and, and it, they had to do with the and This lady came by, she owned a resort uh, uh, on the mountains that was being built. And she hired me to antique all the closets and all the doors and the, and the pub that it was like a hunting British pub. And I did all of that decor and all of a sudden I was deep in business Mm. But but when I moved to the states, something happened that was, I think, the first confirmation of what the plan that God had for me. We were in um, a church in uh, Miami Vineyard, and I would, it was we met at a high school, and I, every Sunday I would create it into a church. I would put curtains up and rugs and and sofa, and it would just become <laughs> the high school it would become a church. And then I helped with little sets for the children. And I was working at the children's department uh, ministry and the, the the pastor's wife, children's pastor's wife comes to me after worship. She said, I was worshiping and the Lord showed me a vision. That you were there in this huge place. There was a stage and there were people working on the stage and you were standing directing them on what to do. Wow. And what, to, what to move and I said, there, there was budget, there, was, there were uh, staff, and you were leading it. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, but one of those things is it's 1995, you completely, you receive it, you hear it, but it means nothing in the sense of present. It, I, I couldn't relate to it. So there, years go by, it would not be until 2005 that I would do my first stage at WFA which was a a circus for a a vacation Bible school. Wow. And I would go on on doing stages, but it wasn't until 2011 that I had been asked. There was a a, a prayer meeting, a prayer conference at the Philadelphia Convention Center, and the the Brooklyn Tabernacle was going to be the worship, and Zimbala was going to be the speaker, and they asked me to do the stage. Wow. it was an incredible opportunity i've been doing stages at calgary chapel at this point for about a year and because of union you can't get on the stage everything has to be done by personnel wow and i was in this enormous stage and there i am telling them to the right to the left bring this up and down and the lord brought me the memory and so wow here is the vision and wow it took from 1995 to 2011 but he
1: made sure that i remember that that is what he had always had
2: wow I, I
1: listen to that and i think of the power of words and the power of listening to the holy spirit whether it was somebody in your younger years who spoke into you or gave you an opportunity or this woman in the church of miami who prayed heard the lord and just spoke something from his heart to yours that was so beyond, right, Ephesians 3.20 that you could ask or imagine. Mm. And the power of that, mm. that as it unfolded, God goes, I told you, mm. I told you mm. this was part of what I had for you, the, the power of the words.
2: Mm. And even uh, in that prophecy, the Lord knew how you were going to invest the talent that you had right? He knew that you were going to be a faithful steward. And so what he gave you with antiquing this place, what up on the, on the hill (laughs) in antiquing those doors, you were faithful. You continued to faithfully steward the gift that he had planted in your heart when you were just a young child. And he is always faithful. Right. And, and he knew where you were headed with that. That is just an amazing, amazing testimony, Carolina, honestly. And, and, how beautifully God has continued to grow that in you. And we also look back at God's faithfulness then and we say, well, I'm going to continue to be faithful now, right, with what he's got for me. And I know that you, you continue to be faithful. And
0: and it's it has been my saving grace. It, that was God's provision to me throughout. So he knew that I would be in times in my life where I would depend on the knowledge and the talent that he was giving me. It was his provision for me all along. Amen, of course, amen. It has been a pleasure and, and, and my joy as far as ministry, but it has every stage that I have done has given me a referral like the Kivers, has given me a job. Every Every time that I did something for free here gave me a provision, a paid provision right after that came as a word of mouth. Throughout the years, I can write a book and it is all synchronized in a way that God would say, if you put your um, trust in me and you let me deal with your agenda, you do the work, whether it's paid or not. I'll make sure that in between it gets remun- remunerated, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. So I, I, I went like that. I always said it open doors of opportunity then no man can close please close the doors that don't uh-huh.
1: this
0: one is open i'm going through if that client had a need but not the money it didn't matter to me that was the door open that day and and he sure enough he compensated he he made sure things balanced out at the end. amen
2: amen so carolina um at some point in your journey um you came to the united states you know, and we're all so grateful that you did. Can you tell us about uh, that part of your story? Because that was a, a huge decision.
0: So um, yes, um, I, we, we, as I said, we came in 1995 to Florida, and and the reason was that there had been a coup in Venezuela in 1992. Things were getting increasingly worse and worse as time went by. In 1994, in December, there was this part. Uh, one night. I live right next to my mother-in-law and my that lived with her daughter and, and, and son. One night, as she was coming from work, she was at gunpoint, showed inside the house. They put them, all three of them on the floor, and they loaded her car with everything that they wanted. They took their sweet time, and then they left. Thankfully, they were not harmed. The next day was Andres, my son's birthday. And the police never came, by the way. We called and called. The police never even mm. come to report it or anything the next day it was my son's birthday we were all in my house and my nephew was with his dog he was still on the other side the robbers came back to get more and and when he opened the door thinking that it was one of the family the dog started barking and he was able to close the door and go through the backyard and run to us and the, the thieves left We were traveling a lot and my my greatest fear was always that what would happen because of the coup. what would happen if while we were abroad the kids were home and we couldn't get back to them Mm. so when this happened we said that's it we're leaving Mm. we can we cannot leave this way we cannot take a a risk so january 15th we were in florida and then the y2k happened my husband ex-husband then um my husband then ex-husband now had worked all his life for IBM and he was working for the for the Y2K with IBM United States being sent to different places and he had been sent to London with JP Morgan and JP Morgan moved his computer uh, department to Wilmington and that's how we end up moving to Wilmington now the day he had had a heart attack before a month before the move. So he couldn't help us with the move. Uh, I had to do it. And I had clients that I was finishing the clients. I was moving, packing the house. We were all moving uh, to, to Wilmington. And the night before the women's ministry had, a, had a, a farewell and a lady had a word for me. She said, I had a vision that you were in, a, you were in, the, in the light walking into a dark tunnel. It was mm-hmm. a long, dark tunnel and it was not easy but i can tell you that the lord said there's a light at the end of the tunnel to just and so she said just keep that in mind and i thought the move had been so horrific that that surely was the tunnel and wilmington was the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. so i was going with such uh eagerness when i the day that i arrived the next day i arrived to wilmington i found out that francisco would uh, uh, had had a a, a a procedure that was that was a failed procedure, to put a stent and he would need open heart surgery. Mm. And that happened in the next two weeks. Lucia, in May of the following May, we found out that Lucia, my daughter, would need foot surgery, the first of many. And that day, Chase Manhattan bought, bought JP Morgan and Francisco lost his job. Mm. Wow. Day of the surgery that was the beginning of a 13-year dark tunnel mm. wow that uh that, that i would have um i am um, the decor and and my ministry in these cages kept kept us going mm. and that took a toll on my ex-husband's um because he could never get reemployed employed and ended up helping me, and and he just uh, by two thousand and nine, he just could not take it anymore and left. So, it was it was a difficult, t- definitely a difficult time where I saw the greatest blessings in my mm. life. Mm. Because it's in those moments when you see God's head the most, mm. and boy did I see
1: his head. Yes you know as you're sharing this i i keep going back to you saying in venezuela there was a tunnel there was a pipe right that Thanks. you that you began to work in Thanks. that work and do your thing right in that that tunnel of that pipe cuz it's the same kind of picture and and now god is saying you're entering a tunnel it's another long pipe and when you can't see the end when you look into those dark pipes you can't see what's on the other end and He's saying, "I'm gonna, I'm, I'm giving you a picture. I'm here, mm-hmm. and this is not the forever state. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk you through this. So it's interesting, just that visual over mm-hmm. what you, if you were just that child playing in a tunnel, and now you're an adult walking through the tunnel. What was the consistent piece is that he was leading. He never left your side, and the the light at the end of the tunnel is." you continued to walk towards him so i have to believe that in the midst of this your journey with your faith was switching from what you grew up with to your own personal relationship with Christ so i'm dying to hear how did he become more and more personal to you in you're saying he really met you in that dark place what what was your faith doing at that time my
0: faith was everything I I that was the one thing that kept me going was the knowledge that even those even the difficult times were there for a reason now of course i wish i could say that that i i learned really fast and things went smoothly because i trusted god and god was always there for me one of my favorite verses trust in the lord with all your heart don't lean on your own understanding and all thing that things acknowledge him and he will direct your path well there is a lot that you have to do for that end promise to happen and i didn't many times many times i i didn't trust him or 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 not that i didn't trust him i didn't submit and i didn't wait and i took things into my own hands and I was the mom who takes care of things Mm. and, and i'll take care of it and i'll take care of it and i didn't wait and I didn't mm. learn lessons that I could have learned. So I am sure that I made longer, many lessons that would have been shorter if, mm. I, if I had followed that verse more closely. But mm. God is merciful and he spares us still in our stubbornness and he saves us and his grace, it's, a, it's, it's, it's what gets you out of the binds, and his mercy when you make such bad decisions and I made many. Mm. Throughout those times, because Mm. I was desperate or worried or, or didn't, you know, didn't understand or believe what was happening, that God had a plan even then.
2: Amen. One thing that I have always noticed about you, Carolina, is that God has surrounded you uh, with community. Always. You have always had a, uh, a church family community around you that is strong. And has poured into you and you have poured into them. And I can even see as you were walking, again, not knowing all of your story, even as, you know, I, I know you during this season, I know you during these surgeries and uh, not knowing the rest of your story, seeing how God constantly surrounded you with people and, and you are one who constantly surrounds people. You know, you have mm-hmm. been through the tunnel. And so even as you have walked through this tunnel, you are now that person that it reaches out and surrounds people from different church communities to whatever that looks like. Um, the more we grow in Christ. And you, ha- I've also heard you quote that proverb
1: mm-hmm.
2: multiple, multiple times. It's your life first, right? It's what you hold on to, And, um, I I've heard it, I've seen it lived out. And so I just think it's, it's amazing how God has shaped you, changed your faith, increased, um, increased your territory in business and also just um brought you to a brand new place right because if we were to look at where you are now right you are um you are married to an amazing amazing man rick and your kids are spectacular you know you've got three grown kids all who i have known since they were little and to watch them uh just change and grow into these beautiful adults, you know, that you were able to steward, uh, you know, as, as God led you, um, what kind of, uh, opportunities have you been stepping into in the past two years as perhaps we could see that you are at a different place now, right? I'm thinking you are, you are at out of the tunnel and what does, what does it look for you now? Uh, what, what opportunities has God given you in these last two decades?
0: So, um, there was... There was a time after, after this whole tunnel thing, um, or, or while I was still in the tunnel, but probably getting closer. Um, still, there was there was no, Venezuela kept go, go, getting worse. So it was almost like the door every, t- every year, a new lock would be put mm. in the door that would bring me back to Venezuela. So I, I would find myself, I was, I was in a country and at a point in my life and in my faith that I knew with certainty it doesn't I know that this is where God would have me and I just need to wait and see how things are going to go because I didn't have a citizenship I couldn't be here forever you know my kids had had uh, uh, had had a a, they they were fine status-wise but I needed a permanent solution mm. and uh it was 2012 and i was i had just gone to a, a trip to florida and i was come uh, i i drove back and i went straight to the church because shane and shane was going to play that night <laughs> <laughs> i was just rushing to make it because it was an out, outdoor service and i really wanted to hear them and we always have uh water baptisms there and there had been let's see if i can find it because i feel like i kind of uh, love, i didn't follow Oh, here it is. so i had had a, a word right before coming from one of which ended up was one of my mentors growing up they were a couple from california that we met i met in venezuela wonderful godly pastors and he had a word for me that it was isaiah 60 20. And and there's just one part that says, "Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended." Mm -hmm. And they were inviting for water baptism, and I felt this urge to go. And I was like, "Lord, I've been baptized. Surely, you know, I doubted what I was feeling, but but it was what He wanted me to do." So I move forward, and the pastor is like, wait, <laughs> he was surprised to see me there. <laughs> and I, like, You've been here for years. And I said, I have been baptized, but I feel the, the need of the Lord to come down. I feel that I need to wash and leave behind my past. Wow. A past of, of pain and tears and mm. struggles because he has a new season for me. Mm. And little did i know that two months later i would meet rick
2: Mm.
0: now rick had written in 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 december new year's eve of 2011 he had written yet another year without love i wonder if that would that even exist um i i wish i could find my soulmate but i just think that that will never happen to me something like Mm. that he had been divorced 18 years and the first marriage was not one of love so he thought really that love just didn't exist Uh, i we met two months later from that night of the baptism and it was truly an answer to both of our needs god had been preparing both of us for each other Mm -hmm. we were the answer that we had been praying and hoping for and he has just been an, an absolute blessed in such a way and I felt then that when the day that we married and it was to the song of a thousand days and it says something about I see you there standing standing there alone and as I was walking out to him there was this gorgeous sunny day and we were on a deck and it was the golf course was behind that it was this beautiful sunny day and I could only think of my light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. That was my light at the end of the tunnel. And three years later, it ended up with my citizenship, which Mm -hmm. ended up because of my marriage to him. Wow. God had ordained everything for a reason, and he kept
1: me through it all. So I... Yes. So it wasn't too long ago that you stood there and you proudly, I'm sure, wore your red, white, and blue because you would only be in your decor (laughs) of the patriotic colors. Um, What did that feel like standing there and knowing that you had officially become a citizen of the United States? What did it feel like, Carolina? I I have been coming
0: to the States and loving these States since I was three years old. So, To me, it was a 13-year-old prayer that was answered that morning. Mm. For 13 years, I prayed every time, God, if this is not where I should be, let me know and take me back because I had another country which wasn't this and I just wanted to be where God would have me be. And my whole prayer, had always been, now throughout those 13 years, things would happen, such incredible things would happen that were miraculous um, messages from God telling me, this is where I would have you be. At that point in time, three more years later, something would happen to confirm I was still in the place, but I, but was this the country that he would have for me? I was an alien, I was, I was, an. Biblically, I was an alien in another country, and that day, God said, "You are an alien no more." Oh wow! This is what I would have you be, and that's all I could think. I I couldn't love America more that day mm. because I loved her already. I couldn't be more more um, loyal to it because I was already. I had devoted my life to the country that had given my family a home That that was the day that god said this is your home Mm. i'm confirming it now this is it
2: just amazing carolina i am overwhelmed uh by your story i'm sitting here with goosebumps up and down my arms uh we talk about freedom and i think some of us who perhaps have been here all of our lives um this has given me a, a very, very different perspective and reasons to be grateful um, and, than I may have ever had before.
0: And, you know, that—that that is one thing. Like Venezuela is a country that eight, 88% it's Christian, but 71% is Catholic. It is a Catholic country. And even though I knew I was a Catholic growing up, when I became a born-again Christian back in 88, just saying it, was almost like an insult to people Mm. they looked at me like what is wrong with you because it Mm. was almost like saying i don't i don't believe in god Mm. i took a choice i i i don't know it would probably be equal to me saying right now to you i am going to be a buddhist (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. right right it was
0: something like that it was like it wasn't, some, uh, there was no freedom on being a Christian. There was no freedom on reading the Bible and worshiping and raising your hands. That was, to, you are crazy. Mm. And what has happened to you? It mm. would alienate you. Mm-hmm. So coming to the States and being able to freely worship was definitely equal to freedom in every respect. Mm-hmm. I, I had never known.
2: Wow. 100%. Wow, so you were experiencing spiritual freedom and uh, physical freedom Absolutely. as you became a, a, a you know citizen of, of this country. Now, things it,
0: have changed with the internet and with videos and, and, and seminars and conferences. Of course, now people are more exposed to Christianity. But back in 95 and 88 to 95, it was certainly not that way.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I am just seeing uh, your uh, God's hand on your life. All over it, you know, since the very beginning till today and into the future. God has always been faithful to what He has spoken to you. Uh, We like to let our guests have, uh, you know, the last word before we wrap up. Is there anything that you would just want to add to your story or share as an encouragement uh, to those of us out there who, you know, we just celebrated the 4th of July yesterday? Um, We're celebrating our freedom. What's, the, what's one final thing you would leave with our listeners as, as we close out today?
0: I want to finish this story real quickly of the religious lady. Yes. My sister, who was the one who actually brought me, she found that about the Lord, and she brought me to, to be born again, and, and, and um, she became a, an ordained minister. And she devoted her life to, to teaching, and she worked for uh, Freedom in Christ. and she, she was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and had been invited to teach, at a, a women's group at a cabin in a in a, a cabin that it was somebody's grandmother's cabin and as she goes there the cabin was the owner of the cabin was the religious lady from florida
1: oh really
0: yes amazing 50, almost 50 years later amazing this lady recognized simonette from the story that she was telling and, and was able to come to her and know that the, that little five-year-old girl and those seven children and that lady with her husband, mm. they, that not only my parents became born again, mm. all seven siblings and all our grandchildren, all the grandchildren, mm. we are all Christians and mm. God was, was, had the pleasure of letting her know here on this side of heaven what her prayers amazing and wow. my words would be that regardless of the tunnel that you're in just trust that God has a plan for you it is a plan of good and not for you it is to bring your future and home and lean on totally you know understand when things are difficult trust him as a child just trust him with all your heart don't see about the circumstances he will make your path straight it might take 13 years or 55 years like this lady (laughs) to hear the answer to her prayer but the prayers are answered and god is faithful and god loves you with all his heart
2: amen wow wow (laughs) yeah exactly this has (laughs) been yeah this has been just a powerful powerful uh time with you and uh i am just grateful thank you for sharing from your heart i know that uh those who have heard this have been encouraged and your story has certainly shown the wonder working power of god and his divine plan, um, and the freedom that we have, you know, that we're celebrating as Americans. But I love how you tied that into the freedom that we have as Christians, that we can raise our hands and we can go boldly to the throne and put our requests, you know, before the father and we can live as free men and women, uh, in this (laughs) kingdom that we're part of. We are citizens of of another kingdom. And so truly, truly grateful to have you here today. I am, honored and grateful and just feel blessed today to call you my friend and so thank you friend for sharing from your heart uh we just love you here and we're so grateful for all the ways that you have poured into us so thank you
0: thank you Thanks for having me this has been such a pleasure and such a blessing to us as well i love you and both in your ministry
2: thank you praise god
1: so my goodness as we're wrapping up this first week of July we have such a, a wonderful uh, month of podcast focusing on the treasure of our freedom. Um, we, have, we have special guests we have great topics and we th- we know that if you continue to come back and share this among your friends that your heart will be encouraged we love how the community is being built up together because we we like your story said, you need to link arms with other people. As you go through the journey, you have your tunnels that you're walking through. You cannot do life alone. God's created us to be in community. And so your story really does uh, exemplify that. So we're thankful for our listeners on on this Beyond the Building podcast. We are truly in this together. Uh, share this podcast episode with uh, friends of yours, especially those that are feeling like they're in the middle of that dark tunnel and don't see the light yet at the end of it. Um, I really appreciate, Carolina, how you include the word as uh, a piece that you hold on to in the midst of that hard place. Um, There are some other listeners that need to hear that today, I'm sure. So we hope that you will join us again next week. So from Laura Perino and Caroline Hatton and Debbie Kiever, we just want to thank you for being part of Beyond the Building today. We will see you next week. God bless
0: you.